0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Maintenance Disrupted. I'm your host, Steve Doby, and today I welcome back to the show Ronan O'Sullivan, and we discuss the management of plant and process change. I really enjoy this discussion because it's one of those things that we don't do well very often. And when we think about a maintenance reliability project or implementation or, or really anything, that management of change and the steps needed for it, is something that is key to the success of a program. It's sometimes painful and frustrating to dive into, but these steps are really critical to seeing the success of both small and large projects. Ronan has been diving into this uh, quite a bit over the last year or so since I last talked to him, and he has a great insight on, on a process and the different steps with it. I learned a ton in this, and there's so many great takeaways from Ronan, Uh, I know you'll enjoy the episode, so without further ado, here it is. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Maintenance Disrupted. I'm your host, Steve Doby, and today I welcome back Ronan O'Sullivan. Thanks for coming back on the show, Ronan.
1: No problem. Now, hey today you, we're...
0: Sorry, what was that? How you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm doing good. Sorry, I, I cut you off there already. Great start. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, do- I'm doing really well. How are things over in Ireland?
1: Yeah, as, as good as ever, I guess. Yeah. Um... Had a few storms blow through lately, but the sun is shining, and it's snowing, and it's windy and it's raining. So, yeah, business as usual, really.
0: Good to say, sounds like a pretty normal weather for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, today we were going to talk about the management of plant and process change. And, you know, when we think about back to the basics and how this change management piece is so important to actually getting projects accomplished and and it's not something we do well at many of our facilities um so before we jump into our main topic uh ronan why don't you give us a quick um update on on who you are and and how you fit into all of this
1: yeah sure so i suppose general background is uh, i suppose i've been working in general maintenance and engineering roles for about uh nearly 20 years now, so amazingly enough, um, always, always surprises me at this stage, but um, so st- starting out from a, as an apprentice and, and I'm now in an engineering role in a gas-fired power station in the kind of Southeast of Ireland there. Um, uh, I suppose since in my current company, let's say, um, we've had an MPPC process um, going for a while, And it's evolved a little bit over time. And I suppose in the last uh, year or so, it's kind of fallen into my lap as being the kind of custodian of that at at, at where I work, basically. So it's a process now at this stage that I know well, I've actually put a number of projects through myself and followed the process. So yeah, in terms of back to basics, it's it's definitely a a process that everybody should have in their toolbox um, to make sure that... When you're modifying things, you're introducing new things um, to your plant that it's done in a in a structured way and uh, consistently, and and all the boxes get ticked and all the and all the things that you need to think about get get done. Because um, I suppose when you don't have a process, it's just so so easy for that to just fall to pieces basically, and you know everyone is scratching their heads in a year or two's time and don't know where this is and don't know where that is. And that information is now wrong. And this manual doesn't match the equipment and so on and so forth. So so that's kind of, uh, yeah, that, that that's where I am now at this stage with MPPC. So yeah, let's get on with it.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So the management of plant and process change or MPPC as you've been calling it. What is that? What is that?
1: Yeah. Um, so effectively, I suppose, So that's what we call it. We call it management of the plant and process change. I'm sure other people might have different, slightly different names for it, but it's basically change control. Um, Probably more a common term maybe in pharmaceutical and stuff like that, but it's where you built your plant, your plant was handed over to you. It, it, It was built in a particular way. All the documentation was given to you. It's all filed away, but now, you know, something needs to be modified or you need a new piece of equipment um being bought in or uh it could be even as simple as replacing like for like but not quite like for like if you know what i mean so um you know you for argument's sake you come to a shutdown and you're going to chop out 20 valves and replace them with 20 new ones but are they exactly the same or are they you know slightly maybe different manufacturer different model uh are you are you Improving the the um, the material or something like that, you know what I mean. So it's important to capture all of those things because it's fine, you know. You go on, you 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 put them in, and they work, and, and that's and that's great. But it's it's the next, it's always the next person who comes along to try and work on that equipment. How are they going to know what what was done, when it was done, and if what they're now looking at in terms of maybe say information in your CMMS or you know, they go to the document store or whatever, and they pull out the the manual. Is this actually the manual for what's out in the field? And as I said, it's very, very easy for all of that stuff to go awry um, if you don't have a process to 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 to, to follow. Basically, um, obviously, different depending on your depending on your business and what it is, and how maybe that the hazards and stuff like that that you're going to come across will maybe determine how. Uh, how complex a process you need you know um obviously the more departments you have so some people will have like quality departments and stuff like that and other people won't so um all of that will depend um on on what you have at your where you work and and who needs to get involved and and how how in-depth each project gets if you know what i mean but it could be very simple or it could be very very big put it that way
0: yeah for sure and i've you know um in my consultant days uh, a few years back and going to different plants I could I, I saw firsthand what it what happens when you don't have one of these in place I think I was at a I was at a just a lumber mill and we're going through and we're looking at all their other pumps and, and equipment and I'm walking through and I'm, I'm documenting everything trying to get the master data updated and I'm like okay th- this pump this one's not on our list Where does it go? Where is it for? It's clearly an operating pump. There's clearly a grease point. Things are being greased. It's being maintained. Um, They had no documentation for it whatsoever. It was a pump doing a function and none of their plans actually had anything in for it. So, um, That's about
1: a point of considering this is is a maintenance uh, podcast. and, and, And if you want to really put a maintenance spin on it, you're probably lucky that it was even being greased, you know what I mean? In the sense that, you know, somebody stuck a pump in there, but, um, you know, do, do the maintenance routines get get updated? You know, do PMs get put in place? Um, does it get added to your lubrication schedule and stuff like that? Um, or is it just over in the corner and everyone is staring at it for five years going, where did that come from? You know what I mean? Um, and, and all of a sudden it, it, it falls over and everyone is wondering... How did we get to this stage and it's all because it was put in there there was no process followed there was no you know maintenance put in place nobody gave it the critical the critical eye let's say and actually uh made sure that all the things that were supposed to happen did happen you know?
0: yeah absolutely and you know one of the other things i've seen is changes it's easy to make quick changes at site it's i think it's hard to do them well and think about the impacts of it in its entirety right so if there's like um you do an engineering change on a piece of equipment and you don't do the proper front end work you don't actually know how that's going to affect fully affect your process you've got an idea of you know what it's going to improve but have you thought about that whole whole cycle and has it, other people had their input into it um, yeah. so you know, one of the things you talked about there in your, your first, uh, um, talking about what this management of plant and process changes is, is is bringing in all the other groups who are affected by it to work through that. Um, how important is that and like, what level of involvement do you really need from those people?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I suppose, um, you know, over the last few years, you know, and I've been getting involved in different, uh. Different elements of, of of maintenance and like criticality studies and all that and and you just there's always the dread when someone says you need a multifunctional team and uh, you know you need to get ten people in the room and straight away you're going how am I going to get all of these people together at all the one time to all sit down and all you know and, all, and talk about all of this um, and and that might be very essential where you're doing maybe like an RCA or or a criticality study or something like that. But luckily enough, with, with uh, management of planted process change, it doesn't have to be like that, I suppose. Um, if you set your process up right, you can you can identify who you need and bring them in when you need them, rather than having to, to get everybody to sit down and literally talk over every single detail. So that's probably one of the upsides of, 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 of this process. Um, so absolutely, I suppose, first things first really, you know, somebody will come up with an idea to do something. Um, and that's fine, that might be their only involvement. And that could be anybody, that could be anybody from the technician who went out and saw something and, and thought something could be improved, to an operator, to your safety person, to to any, anybody really, or your engineers, obviously. Um, so that's it, concept gets raised. Really, at that stage, you, you really probably need to get to put that past your management, I guess, and get their buy-in. Um, so I suppose the first stage that you go through is a kind of a concept approval stage, and that is effectively, or should be, getting your 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 management buy-in to say, "Here's here's a proposal for a good idea. What do you think? Is it something that you'd put money towards? Um, is it something that you put time and effort towards? You know." Uh, is is it a good idea, but it's just not feasible, um, or it's not, it's not it doesn't suit what the business is doing right now, things like that. So if it if it falls flat at that stage, well then that's it, that's the end of the line for that one, and you move on to the next one. Um, the next stage, I suppose, is a bit more in depth, obviously. So so once the concept does go ahead and it gets approved and you get your manager approval, it's got to go to uh, into your design phase and. Of course, at that stage, it's probably going to be assigned to some individual or some team to 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 actually go do some further investigation, um, you know, talk to the end users and stuff like that, and see right what is um, what is the problem. What do we uh, what are we actually trying to, to to fix here? If you know what I mean, um, so that might be one person. It could be five people, depending on the size of the the task. Um, but it's typically probably your engineering, maybe if you have a project team, uh, they, they'll, they'll look into that. Um, once they've come back with done a bit of homework, they'll probably come back then and they'll want to, uh, you know, if they've even gone ahead and done a, a, a full on design and they know exactly now what's, what needs to be built, um, you're going to want to bring in your, That's that now is where your multifunctional team kind of really starts coming into play at this early stage to identify all the different things that really need to be identified. And so you're talking about maybe more engineers, maybe you might have a very specific engineer who looks after a very specific piece of plant that this is going to affect. So you might want them to throw their eye over it. You're going to want to bring in your safety people, um, make sure that anything you're proposing to do is in line with any legislation and stuff like that, that they're not going to adversely affect uh, you know, what's currently set up for the site. Are they going to be introducing new hazards that, that don't currently exist, um, things like that. Uh, your environmental people will want to probably get involved and have a look and make sure that again, you know, you're know, you not about to direct something to a drain that you, you really shouldn't be, <laughs> something like that. Um, uh, and then as I say, uh, at your design stage, then again, you're probably talking about your management again. And and, and again, they should be the one giving the, the final seal of approval. So if everyone's had their input, you've identified everything that needs to be done or needs not to be done, um, they, again, should, you know, they should be the ones that give it, give it the final thumbs up and say, yeah, okay, go ahead now. You're moving into uh, a construction phase, basically. So, where they really need to probably, get, you know, put the money together and, and, <laughs> and the resources to actually get, to get it built, which, uh, you know, and, and th- like yeah. that design phase could take a long time. You know, it could that, that could be anything from, you know, a day to, to a year before that design phase is actually ready for review and sign off, you know, and um, I suppose it depends on how many projects you have in the pipeline and the resources you have or whatever, but uh, ultimately I suppose once uh, the design is ready to go, then you'd hope you're going to get the, the funding you need to, to go ahead and um, move on to the next phase, which should be constructing uh, um, what, what you've designed. And I suppose again, I suppose from my perspective, we don't we don't have a quality department, but um, in other industries, it would be at the at the design stage that you know you will be bringing in all those extra extra people, maybe, and you, you might even be going looking for bringing in a procurement person or finance or something like that. You know, if, if it's if it's got particular elements that you really think that they should um, uh, have a look at as well, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's you know I think. Yeah, that design stage and, you know, they, being a maintenance and reliability podcast, that design for reliability piece within there, um, you know, when you, a lot of times when you get equipment, it's it's not designed for maintainability or reliability. And so um, having a process that has maintenance as a stakeholder in that process so they can have their input to say, look, you know, this uh, this asset actually isn't easy to maintain. It's where you want to put it, where you want to do this, this, or this is actually makes it a challenge to actually maintain it. Or, you know, (laughs) I've seen a few, um, in the, in the natural gas, uh, engine, um, industry. Well, the only, they placed an engine and they built a building around it and then they had to do some maintenance on it and they couldn't actually fit any of the pieces through the door. Um, so it's, (laughs) <laughs> that's a obviously a fairly extreme example, but you know, there, there's a lot of plants and facilities out there that have massive equipment and the buildings get built around it. And, you know, that, that logistical challenge of actually getting the things installed and, and then maintaining it and getting the parts in that you need for it is, can be a challenge as well. Right. And so keeping that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then the thing about it is like, it's, it, you know, the projects vary so much that it's it's hard for everybody to think of everything. Um, you know, like you could have a project engineer who's chopping out a single valve and putting in a new one today, I to, say everything to, you know, um, building a whole new building with, with tons of equipment inside, you know what I mean? So, so it's very hard for, for everyone to think of everything. Um, so you, you really do need multiple eyes over every project. Um, now, obviously there's a, there's a lot of things you can do to help yourself in that, in the sense that, um, you know, you, you can have your prompts built in. So, you know, there's, there's going to be a couple of forms probably to, to capture all your, all your thinking and all your design and uh, stuff like that. But uh, what can be very useful is having a kind of a prompt sheet um, uh, template effectively that you, you can run through and you can kind of, you can capture everything you can say you know is my design going to going to impact any of the kind of legisl- legislative type um areas you know so is it is it uh, pre- is it, is it affecting pressure systems uh H- hv uh electricity um you know lifting uh lifting regulations and stuff like that so if you're going putting in new lifting beams something like that, and going you know well am i actually you know what do i need to consider here in terms of in terms of legislation in terms of keeping registers and keeping uh, getting getting it uh, inspected, you know, regularly and all that kind of stuff. Something as simple as that, um, you know, you can capture all of that on your on your kind of design cheat sheet, if you like. Um, beyond that, uh, you, you can carry on to have your mechanical, electrical, cni section, or whatever, and, and be going right. Well, what do you need to do here? Do you need to? Update your PIDs? IDs, do you need to put PMs in the system? Do you need to update your asset register? Do you need to um you know, update uh your, your lifting equipment register and all those kind of things? So again, so that every time you don't every time you start a project, you're not starting with just a complete and utter blank piece of paper and and every and, and you know, the guy is literally sitting there for a week scratching his head trying to come up with everything, uh, you know you know totally off the top of his head so yeah. you, can, you can do a lot of things to help yourself um to, to really identify stuff early that that needs to be addressed um rather than getting to the end and realizing oh all this stuff needs to be done i hadn't thought of this i hadn't thought of that and and, and worse still that other people are telling you of what you've forgotten if you know what i mean and, and that's probably the worst thing of all um you know when everyone is picking holes in, in your in your project because you didn't do this and you didn't do that and you didn't think of this and You know what, you mean the door is too small and all the rest of it, so um, so yeah, hopefully, they're doing that before
0: it's actually built.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully, but you know, as you you said, it things things happen and things go ahead, and all of a sudden, you're left, you're left, everyone is left standing in the room, scratching their head, going, How are we going to get this back out the door? um, and and that and that does happen, you know, um, plus as well at your design stage, uh, that is a really good time to start thinking about your commissioning stage which is a couple of stages down the road but um how are you actually going to prove that this thing is is going to do what what the design said it was going to do and how are you going to test it and how are you going to prove it because like that in your design stage you might need to allow for additional extras just to be able to prove that it works if you know what i mean that might be extra tap-in points you know might be extra pipe work might, might even be just temporary stuff that you might actually have to remove later on, um, but as they, you know, that's a very good time to start thinking about all of that because I say it's it's the kind of designing with the end in mind, if you know what I mean, type type philosophy. But um, but, but if you don't think of it, you're going to run into <laughs> you're going to run into a lot of trouble very quickly. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely, and it's that. Yeah, you know, you know I, I love what you're saying with you know essentially just engaging all those stakeholders making sure in that design and, and maybe pre-designed phase that they have their input. They get to tell you what's important for them and for their specific department so that you can build that into that full design. And, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy at every moment. There's there's inevitably going to be something that's not perfect for somebody. But at yeah. least you've had that engagement, communication, and, you know, I imagine steps along the way to communicate um, the the design and maybe where it falls short on certain certain people's expectations.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and cost, of course, because you know, you or me could go out tomorrow, look at something, and go, oh yeah, fifty k will sort that one out. And they go, like, okay, we'll get fifty k sort right. There you go, there you go. There, there's your fifty k off you go. And then at the end, someone's going, but well, hold on a second, what about the lifting beam that you didn't put in, or you know, what about the you know how are we going to get this thing out you're going to have to pour some concrete there to to give us something to to roll our trolley over or whatever and next thing all of a sudden your 50k is 60k 70k is 80k and before, you know and uh things are you're you're you're, you're you know and, and then all of a sudden you are cutting corners to try and keep your costs down and and, and in the end nobody's happy um you know your maintenance guys aren't happy because they can't get it get in and out they can't maintain it properly uh you're you know even even your maintenance budget has been affected every time you want to touch this thing now you want to you have to build scaffolding you have to take down cladding you have to take doors off the hinges which is all just adding adding to your your maintenance costs and your your ongoing costs Um, so yeah absolutely the 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 more you can identify up front and this even comes down to uh your paperwork so um again up front if you can identify that by carrying out this modification, I need to chuck away the old manual and, and get the new one, and update my PIN ID. Um, I need to update like my isometrics and so on and so forth. Again, you know, by the time you get to the end of these projects, you just want them off your plate, and you're kind of probably sick of them at this stage. So, you know, finding out that you need to do all the stuff at the end is just an absolute killer, you know. So. Um, if you can identify these things up front there are things that you can be keeping in mind as the project is developing and going on through construction um, and uh, you know you, you, you can be keeping on top of it and, and at the end it's it's really probably just literally printing it off and sticking it on the shelf because because you've done all that that marking up and um, everything is in the right place and, and, and where, where it should be you know
0: yeah absolutely and this is why you know front-end work is, is so important you know you hear about construction projects all the time that are over budget delayed schedule whoa. and you, you really have to wonder if they followed a process like this or if they yeah. thought you know what we can skip this one engineering study because it's expensive um and then they run right into that a problem that study would have addressed or you know we didn't we don't need to engage the IT department because this has nothing to do with communications well it turns out you wanted wi-fi in this new place and they're upset that the and and so there's so many things that just doing this front upfront work and spending more time on it just alleviates it in the future
1: yeah absolutely yeah and of course you know, depending on, again, on the size of your plant um, and the size where, wherever you're working, you know, it gives, it also gives an opportunity to amalgamate projects where, you know, I've had an idea, you've had an idea, they've had an idea. They're all kind of same, same, but slightly different. But well, why run three projects that are very similar when you could run one that would capture all three. And again, you can better manage costs, you can better manage the program, you can better manage your documentation and stuff like that. So absolutely, like the more, it's such, it's such a vital phase really that the, 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 your design phase is just, it's, it's just where, you know, probably 80% of your effort should go in there because if you do it there, 20% should take care of the rest, you know what I mean? That kind of a way. Um,
0: yeah. And I, I did a bit of design engineering uh, in my first job at university wasn't my strong wasn't my strongest uh, skill design but it did teach me a lot of good things and the first one is you know for a good design to work it's iteration you know you need to keep improving taking your design syndicating that with the stakeholders take it back redesign do it again and again and again and the more times you do it the better your design is going to be there's a point of diminishing returns, but, uh, at the end of the day, like that input in that feedback, cause you're, you're one person, you've got a narrow vision. Well, what, what's, what's other people, what are the other people seeing? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's so easy. It's so easy to do. And especially like that when, when you do, you know, we all know that sometimes it's, uh, a hell of a lot easier if you're kind of, working on your own and you can just go out and you can see everything yourself and make your own decisions. But this is, this is definitely one of those cases where you definitely don't want to do that because um, <laughs> A, you don't want to put all your effort, as I say, all that iteration and all that effort into the design to again get to, the, to your design review and be told, no, you know you've, you haven't thought of this, you haven't thought of that, it's not actually, you haven't even read the concept properly. You know, it's, that's, that's not actually what we're even trying to achieve. And, and, you know, you're really back to the drawing board straight away, so um, you definitely want to avoid that. But not only that, uh, when you, um, let's say you get your design done and you, you have to push it through past a few people, but they're all busy, they're all half listening and they're all kind of half watching and everyone just signs it off and it goes through, um, but you didn't you didn't end up talking to the guy maybe or the girl or whatever who, actually raised it and actually is dealing, you know, living the problem every day. Um, and then you go off and you build it and then they're still complaining that the problem that they raised on day one is still a problem, you know what I mean? So you think you've solved it, but but actually you, you never really got down into the weeds with them to actually figure out what is the real thing, what's the actual things that are really killing you, you know? Um, and that's what happens, you know, some especially when when people are putting in concepts if it's a kind of a you know if it's kind of like a a drop box type form that you know you just pop them all into the top of the funnel and, and if some of them drop out the end you know people are probably the people who are putting them in probably aren't raising the concepts every day so so you you will get good concepts and you'll get bad concepts and ones with lots of information that really accurately describe what the problem is and ones that are a bit vague and you know, you have to kind of read between the lines a little bit, and, and and on those ones, if you're if you don't go out and you you don't maybe even meet the person, you know, where the problem is occurring, then there's a there's a lot of things there that could that could get missed, and um, you you might find out too late uh, that it's <laughs> that you haven't <laughs> haven't quite been on the money.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. Now I do want to get into the the next section, construction, because I think that's um, that's also a very important phase where yes, a lot can go um, wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I suppose construction is, it's an easy phase within the, within the process because there's actually not that much to do in terms of paperwork. There's, there's probably, you could argue, there might be no paperwork um, sp- specifically in terms of the following the, the management to the plan the process change um, process. But of course, in terms of, at the same time, it could generate tons of paperwork, but it's like construction related paperwork, if you know what I mean. So like your drawings and sign off sheets and things like that, and that might all need to be gathered and, and kept and whatever. Um, so, from, from, so from one point of view, it's easy in terms of the, the management of plan and pros change because you know now what you've got, got to do, you know what you need to build, um, uh, and that should be very, very clear for you now. But of course, where where it always tends to fall down is in reality, it's probably communication between what's actually down to be built versus what maybe presume. Let's say you're you're getting contractors in to do it, or whatever. You know, are you are you? You know, is it crystal clear for them exactly um, what needs to happen? And of course there's also a massive opportunity there for things to go, uh, you know, slightly veer off left or right from what was actually designed because, you know, when they actually started cutting out the pipes and starting welding in the new ones, you know, it didn't quite fit there. Uh, there was something else <laughs> in the way and it had to kind of take take a, a slightly longer route around to, to get from A to B. Um, and, it's, and it's very easy for in the construction stage for things to deviate from the design, and um, and and it all seems fine at the time. At the time, but it can create you a lot of headaches for you when then you go back to the table and say, right, here was my design, but here was what was actually built, and actually, oh dear, they're actually, there there <laughs> they, there's a bit of a deviation here, and is it and is it significant enough that it actually that I need now need to actually go back in. Review my design again, and actually, now go back to all of those people that signed it off and say, "Well, I know you signed off on this, but what actually got built was this." And um, will they all be happy with that? Will they all be able to, uh, you know, say, "Well, that's fine. It doesn't. It doesn't change the environmental aspect. It doesn't change the safety aspect. It doesn't change the operations aspect. Okay, we're fine. We, can, you know, just make sure your drawings get updated to, to suit the as-built condition, and, and off we go." But if it doesn't, um, and if somebody has a problem later on that, well, you, you, you blatantly didn't, you didn't build what you said you were going to build and now you've created a problem, things can very quickly spiral out of control in terms of uh, costs and having to redo work. And um, you, know, you, you, you don't get that right first time approach, obviously uh, you, you've missed the mark on that one. So um, yeah, it, it, it's, I suppose it's like any job, whether it's, whether it's a project or whether it's just general maintenance work or it's a large capital project, you know, that, that construction quality uh, focus always needs to be there really. Um, And I say, there's, there's no end of ways that that can go wrong.
0: (laughs) One thing I've noticed about maintenance people, myself included is, you know, the, how you do maintenance and how you execute a project are, are different. And we don't, execute projects that well because maintenance never ends projects yeah. end and so it's when we're, we're looking at the construction phase we we take it with this maintenance lens and that keeps making things spiral and scope creep and let's include this now and 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 we need to have a stronger project management focus of look now this is a start and an end and the this is this is the bounds of it and we need to get this set of work completed and this is the scope after that design phase that scope is locked in we don't want to change it we want to there's going to be variances within there like not everything goes according to plan like you said and you have to have your um, change management processes within there and change orders and all that stuff depending on the scale of the project but you gotta you gotta be focused on that scope I don't know if you found that as somebody who's done the project management and came from the maintenance side.
1: Yeah, it is. It is tricky because, um, you know, if, if you if you are if you are the project person, as you said, you want a defined start, a defined a defined end, and I don't want to deviate in between because I've got ten other projects that I also need to to get on with. You know what I mean. Um, the problems definitely start <laughs> when, when you know, the, the the maintenance guy is walking up the road or the, the, the operations woman is walking down the road and they're all looking, peeking over the fence going, what's going on in there? And they're going, oh, you're doing that now. Well, maybe would you like to maybe add a bit of this and add a bit of that? No, oh, that valve is a little bit high for me. You know, I'm only five foot four and, you know, I, I need to be at least six foot to get, get to that one and stuff like that. And, you know, but they don't, they don't, they don't. Um, they don't often uh, appreciate maybe where the project person is coming from. Where they have a defined scope, as you said, they you know they, they have a defined start and defined endpoint that they just need to get to. Um, and what, when you're when it's when it's staff asking staff to do stuff, it's probably very hard for staff to say no to other staff. If you know what I mean. Whereas because um, you know. They know how much money is in the pot, probably. They they know that there probably is extra money floating around that if I want this change done, um, why can't it be done? You know, now will be the now will be the time to do it. Um just just go and talk to the manager and see if you can get an extra couple of thousand there and 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 sort that bit out for me. But it just uh it's just not um it it really doesn't help out the project person very well, you know. Uh they they end up with a project that they thought was gonna take you know three or four weeks to build and six eight ten weeks later they're still going because people just keep chipping in with little bits here and little bits there and can, can you just do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and uh yeah it becomes becomes an absolute nightmare um but again I say hopefully hopefully I identify as much of this as you can up front and steer clear of 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 those uh pitfalls
0: yeah for sure so, like you said, for your process, there's, there's not a lot, hopefully not a lot that has to be done within the construction phase. But now, yeah. but then moving into the, is it the final stage or is there? Oh, well,
1: there's probably a couple of phases. Well, even at the tail end of the construction phase, of course, you do need someone uh, or maybe even a couple of people to now go and, and walk it and say, well, yeah, was what? Was designed, actually built, and that would probably be, probably be your your operations people assuming it's some sort of modification plant modification um, uh, like that. Maybe if 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 there's a if there's an engineer over a particular area of the plant, but you but you were just a project person, you know, working in their area, they might want to give the final walk down to make sure everything was is is done and dusted. Um, Again, maybe your your maintenance you might want a maintenance kind of representative on there somewhere to say, yeah, that looks good. I can get to most of that. I yeah, I can see how you know the bits and pieces that I was asking for got implemented. Yeah, I'm happy with that. And so you do need a probably a bit of a a bit of a sign-off at the construction phase, but it doesn't need to be extensive really, so long as you've broadly stayed in line with, with what was designed. Um so then the next stage after that, I suppose, is is your commissioning stage um so as i say your, your your construction is more or less everything is still cold uh you know literally you you said you were going to run the pipe from a to b did did you run the pipe from a to b yeah yeah that's fine is, you know is it labeled up is it um is it the size you said it was going to be is it the material you it was going to be and all that kind of stuff so that's just yeah you know here here was the drawing at the start is that what it looks like now yes fine move on but now of course you need to possibly prove that it works or prove that it will perform to what, what, what was hoped at least. Um, so as I said, hopefully back at the design stage, not only have you come up with something that you're gonna build, but you should have also probably been trying to identify how it's going to perform. Um, so if you've if you, if you said you were gonna install a pump that's gonna deliver a thousand cubes an hour, well, let's put it to the test and see will it deliver a thousand cubes an hour? You know what I mean? Um, so, so, this is probably the next uh, stage where a bit of documentation comes, comes in handy, really, um, within, the, within the process. Because, again, purely from a, an operations point of view, um, a safety point of view, an environmental point of view, they're going to want to see how, you know, if this is the first time this equipment has ever been operated is it safe, you know what I mean? And, and will it be safe? And, um, you know, from an operations point of view, if we start it up and we put, we put water in it or we put chemicals in it, or we put, uh, uh, you know, turn the power on, is it going to affect the other parts of the production plant? If you know what I mean? Um, some of this is totally unavoidable. There's, there's going to be, um, not everything can be commissioned in, in isolation and, you know without the plant being or without it affecting other parts of the plant especially power stations this is a this is a really tricky one the only opportunity a lot of the time you get to commission something is in in a live in a live state you know you have to actually have to start the power station to put steam through it if you know what I mean or something like that um, so it can be a tricky one you don't always get that um, that opportunity to to, to commission a cold and uh, you know before you, before you get a chance to put it into the, in, into, into a live state. So it uh, can be, but that's another reason why documenting what you're going to do, what you expect to happen. Um, so things as simple as identifying uh, the emergency stop buttons and stuff like that uh, in your commissioning plan. So that when things, you know, think about what could go wrong here, because maybe this is the first time that that, it, that it's gone into play and it's going to see full pressure straight away or something like that. Um, and, and, you know, how, how do you control this thing and, and make sure it's not, doesn't turn into a, a runaway train or something like that. So, um, so, and of course, you know, sure enough, you're, you you it's probably going to follow, you know, under some sort of permit to work, uh, process, but if something does go wrong, having, having that kind of step-by-step, well, you know, this is what I intended to do. I intended to fill it with water. Then I was going to pressurize it. Then I was going to relieve it. Then I was going to do whatever, um, you know it helps you to keep on track or whoever is doing the commissioning, but as well at least if if something goes wrong, um you've got that to say, well look, this is you know, I was I was actually following a a logical process here of of you know going from A to B to C to D and uh and this is where we run into the problem, you know what I mean? Um and of course by writing it down there's no end to the amount of people you cannot equally uh, get involved at that stage. So you know, if, if, if you do ha- need to put your commissioning plan past your operations people, as I say, your area engineers, your um, quality people, um, they're probably going to want to see that. You know what I mean? They're going to want to see that written down to say, yeah, what, do you, what are you going to do here? Because we don't want any anything going pear-shaped.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what's that, what's the risk, risk management portion of it? What's, or the... Uh, yeah. Um, if something does go wrong what's the emergency procedures what's the um, you yeah. know I, I've seen I've seen projects start up and and during commissioning you, you know you, you fail something and that's going to impact production elsewhere or it's going to impact you know there there's there's impacts to say in some capacity right and so how do you yeah manage manage those impacts and how do you get back on track for whatever issues you might come across because the point of commissioning is to make sure everything works and it doesn't always work and you have to go back and fix things
1: yeah and and you don't want to be in the middle of it when there's when there's oil pouring out everywhere and you're (laughs) scratching your head wondering where this you know the the spill mats are or where's where's the on off button or the the, where's the valve that i isolated from or whatever you know you you really need to be thinking about all of all of the ways that this because it's because in, in theory, in a lot of cases, this really is the first time this thing is going to be um, put into action. You you need to think about all the things that could go wrong, you know, and it could be, as you said, going back to the construction stage. Um, It could be something as simple as a flange not being done up properly, you know what I mean? Or, um, you know, a gland not being tightened or, and these are all the things that do happen in commissioning. These are the things you find very hard to see these things with, with the naked eye before, before you... Uh, you know, before you start putting fluids and stuff in systems and all that kind of thing, you know, um, it doesn't take much uh, for, <laughs> for for things to get out of hand. Um, yeah, you know, we we we've, we've probably all been there. We, we we'd like to admit, we would like to think we hadn't been there, but we probably all have been there at some stage where, you know, some something definitely uh, jumped up and bit you some some in some way, shape, or form.
0: Well, if uh, if one bolt's not torqued and, and is leaking. Um, there's definitely other ones that weren't fully torqued.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: um, Yeah, no, that's great. And so, um, like, the commissioning point is, you know, it's definitely, again, that design phase and and understanding what you need for commissioning in that design phase is sounds like a, a hugely important aspect of it. You know, you always have to start with the end in mind and and thinking about how things can go wrong and thinking about how you can commission it to test, to test the different things that could go wrong and make sure those are tidied up before you actually put it into service or in, in the case of live test, testing, um, you know, before it goes into service, like doing your, your maintenance pre-work and stuff there too. Like it's not, a commissioning plan does tie over into ongoing maintenance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not, uh, um, it's not just lost effort on just, you, you do it, it. This is only important for when you commission it, then everything you did on it's lost. Like that's it's applicable once it's in operation as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No, as I say, like the, the there might be parts of it that, uh, and, and there could be even a phased a phased implementation of a project, you know, where you, you don't have the luxury of, uh, you know, working every, you know, working on everything or installing everything in one window, um, and that needs to be factored into your project. And I say, when you when you say about the the maintenance aspect of it, if if fifty percent of what you intend to build is going to go into operation first, and then the the other fifty percent is going to come later on, but they could be that could be they could be two years apart, and and you don't want to waste. For two years time until the second 50% gets built before you start putting the maintenance plans into place. You know what I mean? Um, cause now you're, you're the, the first 50% has now been operating for two years without any maintenance or anyone looking at it because everyone's sitting around waiting for the actual, the overall project to finish. Um, and that's not, that's no good. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you're you, that, that, that's going to cause your problems and, and, that, and that can happen, you know, because I'm sure you 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 you'll see it in many places. You know the the you you, you get like say the maintenance people going, oh well, that project's not finished, so you know that, that hasn't been handed over to us yet, so we're not working on it. You know what I mean? Or the operations people are going, oh yeah, no, that that that's that's only half built, so you know we we are not working on that, or we're not operating it, or whatever. Um, and 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 needless to say, you 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 know it's either going to fall back on your project person to 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 pick up all of that and try and and, and Chase their tail and try and do the things that the operations guys uh, could or should be doing. Maybe they have to organize vendors to be coming in and doing the maintenance until it's handed over to the official maintenance department. And all of that just takes an awful lot of your time and an awful lot of effort. And as I say, there's, there's a lot of opportunity for, for balls to be dropped as well and stuff, you know. So um, if you are going to do something like that, where it is maybe a phased a phased implementation of a project, you know. Be sure that you have it lined up. That um, you know, when you get fifty percent installed and it's up and running, then your your maintenance team, your operations team, they're all on board with it and they're, and they're ready to to hit the ground running with you know whatever oil changes or whatever whatever needs to be done. Um, because I say you, you don't want to fall back on you as the project person uh, because I'm sure you've got enough to do, but you're also just don't want to let the equipment be sitting there for, for two years untouched or, or, or nobody's looked at it. And, and, and all of a sudden you're getting these early life failures and uh, you're, you're having, argu- having warranty arguments with the manufacturer and all this kind of stuff. And uh, you know, it's, just, it's just not a good place to be really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, what's after commissioning?
1: Well, so it was luckily, well, hopefully, if, if everything's gone, gone swimmingly well at that stage, it's really just a matter of get, get it handed over. So just because it's commissioned does not necessarily mean that, you know, you can scrape it off your plate and, and forget about it. Um, that's just to say that it's, you know, you, you've reached that operational readiness, uh, status, but what, the, what the handover stage gives you is an opportunity now to, to, to tidy up all those loose ends basically. So, um, You know, and that's that's one of the things, like, you you don't always get um, big, long windows to do these things, like, depending on your process and your plant or whatever, you could literally go from, you know, uh, kind of, from your design to your construction to your commissioning to your kind of initial handover to your operations team in a day, you know, or even in a couple of hours, because... If it's actually a minor enough change, um, you know, it, it can happen that quickly. Basically, so so you don't always get these like oh, you know, it's it's two weeks of design, two weeks of construction, two weeks of commissioning, two weeks of hand. You know, it doesn't it doesn't you don't always get those nice nice simple blocks. You know, you you can literally be down to to minutes or hours at times, depending on how uh, what, what your project is. So um, so the handover stage is to kind of say, well, look, it's up and running, it's operating. Um hopefully like like that maybe your, your maintenance team are, are set up there ready to go they know what to do on a daily weekly monthly basis your operations team know what to do, know how to start it now to stop it um, do anything they need to do with it. And now this stage is more about right but I've got an asville drawing now that I need to get updated I've got manuals to put in the right place um, you know, uh, all of those things that you've identified back at your design stage, which are little, which are useful prompt sheets to say, do I need to update PMs? Do I need to update asset registers? Do I need to update pnids Do I need to update electrical schematics? Do I need to update all of these things? Um, hopefully, your, your handover period might give you a bit of a window to to get on top of all of that stuff and and uh, get everything sorted, get everything in the right place. Um, uh, and to say you mightn't be able to do all that by yourself. You know, you might have a drawing office that's already stacked out the door at work, so you might have to wait on them for you know a couple of weeks to get your drawings sorted out. Um, you might have somebody else who's who's who specifically looks after your CMMS system. Who you know, so so all of these things will take time. Um, there's a there's a good chance as a project person, you won't be the person. You know, you're you're not going to be the doc the document controller and the CMMS coordinator. And the drawing person, you know, uh, maybe there might be contracts that need to be put in place. Um, so all of those things that you know uh, that that need to get sorted out, your handover period should hopefully um, give you give you an opportunity to sort that out. But but that's to say that in this period, your your project is not closed. You're not at the closed stage of your project. You know, you're still the project is still effectively live. Because all of these loose ends still need to be um, sorted out. And again, I suppose when you get to that, you know, when you get to the end of that handover period, again, you're going to want that, that, that level of sign off by, you know, uh, possibly say your, your document controller will want to make sure that, right, you identified this, this, and this that, that all needed to be updated. Are they updated? Yes, they are. And are they all filed in the correct place? Yes, they are. Happy days off you go. Your maintenance person um, might be another sign off at that stage to say, yeah, you identified that the CMMS needed to be updated, you know, be be it asset data or something like that, PM information, um, lubrication schedules, whatever it is. uh, And they might get the final sign off on that element and say, yeah, um, we're happy to go on now and maintain this um, forevermore basically, hand it over to us and we'll look after it, you know. and again, it could, could that 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 area engineer uh, might also want their say to say, well, look, you've handed me this new piece of equipment, but if I need, you know, if you get hit by the proverbial bus tomorrow, do I have all the information that I need to be able to maybe modify this in the future? You know what I mean, or to work on it in the future, or, 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 or troubleshoot it, or and stuff like that. You know, um, so so that's that's really what your that's your it's kind of your final. Uh, it's your final stage where there's, you know, where you're active and and you uh, you've got things to do. Um, but once you get to the end of that, and let's say you, you get your sign off by your relevant people again. Um, effectively, it's 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 moving into a, a closed status. Then so your job done, everything's done. Put it behind you. Hopefully, it hasn't caused you too much trauma along the way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, and. and well, I move on for other 10, 10 projects. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and that handover stage, again, it's an important one. Like it lets everybody know, Hey, it's done. And then, um, you know, something I like to do, and, and I'm not sure if this is included in your process, is, is track those improvements, um, afterwards, you know, what value did, did this project bring and yeah. depending, on, depending on the individual project, I think it's, it's, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. The, the the scale of the project will probably determine a lot of that but absolutely like you know if it was pretty decent and if it was multi kind of faceted project and had lots of input from lots of different departments um and even if things didn't quite go according to plan um you you would definitely maybe want to try and pick up a kind of a lessons learned type um you know type of sit down at that stage as well you know and like that what did we learn uh, what can we do better next time? All all of that sort of discussion uh, absolutely should, could and should happen at your handover stage. And again, that, that depends on your on the, the scale of the project. But um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah.
0: Now we we are running out of time there. Um, so um, really appreciate the conversation. And, and this is such an important important piece to any any project, like whether it's a big construction project or just a little. Um, A little reliability project It doesn't really matter what the scale is, but going through these steps is going to make sure that is going to give you a higher probability of success and make sure the people are on board with it. And I I love this process. Um, I've definitely taken away a few things that I can do better that I've missed the ball on before. So I'm excited to implement those onto my next one. Um, And uh, before we close out though, um, Ronan, how can people get a hold of you and what do you have coming up?
1: Um, just, just all the usual places. I suppose LinkedIn is the main thing. If, if anyone wants to connect with me there, that's that's no issue. i happy to expand the network as, as wide as possible and, and say we're all, we're all learning from each other. Um, nothing major coming up. As I said, last time I spoke to you, I, I told you, I think that I was, Come back to my engineering degree and things like that. So that's <laughs> that's still burning away. So uh, that, that's eating up all my time at the moment, unfortunately. So um, if if you do see me out and about, tell me tell me get back to where where I should be and, and put my head back in the books, basically. So uh, that, that that's about it. You, you you won't find me too far too far from there, I don't think.
0: I need to have fun every now and again, right? And I don't know. <laughs> I spend way too much time on, on work. So
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining, joining me today, Ronan. A really good conversation and uh, looking forward to having you back on in the future.
1: Perfect. Thanks, Steve. Speak to you again.